Good evening, Patriots, and it's Friday, May 20th in the year 2022, and for those of you in the East Coast, you have now crossed into Saturday. Before we begin tonight, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep, taking care of your sleep. These stresses of this world are going to continue to increase, and as they do, we're going to be pressed to keep pace with all that's going on, and sleep is going to be critical no matter how much you get. And to make sure you get a good night's sleep, make sure you have good products to sleep on. And we get those products at MyPillow.com. And we have a landing page, Bards. So it's MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. And the promo code is Bards. Here's a short message from Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. And as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I do not like my sheets. I love Mikey's a Dream Sheet. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you can buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or you can get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com. Use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products and that's and that's my mypillow.com forward slash bards mypillow.com forward slash bards your promo code is bards b-a-r-d-s and you can also call 800-975-2939 800-975-2939 to speak to a patriot pillow counselor that's standing ready and attentive for your call So check it out, Patriots, mypillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. We're into some pretty interesting times. And I want to read a post that was on Telegram today from a channel I follow. And I, I think it's got some good insights along the way of what we're going to be facing here coming up. I think the biggest challenge people have is that we continue to, many people continue to look and ask the question of when it's going to end. When you're eager for something to end, you're vulnerable to be sold on an end that is not true, but is designed. Those are words that are really important to grasp, especially in the sense of a psi war. 
So let me read this. This is from an account called White Rabbit Q. White Rabbit Q. I, there's a variety of posts. I don't agree with all of them, but I thought this one had some pretty good insights today, and I want to begin with this tonight. And so he writes, You are in the hardest part of the plan, where everything is intensifying, growing quickly on both sides of the war. It's like a head-on collision you are witnessing. The extreme mental pain that is being felt will intensify. Vaccines will change from experimental to mandatory. At all costs, you just reject the vaccines. You must practice your free will. Stand strong in the hardest part of the fight. You may not see that a lot of people who have already taken the first jab are now becoming angry because they are being told to take more and more vaccines, contrary to what the world told before, take the vaccines to regain freedom. They now know that it was a lie. And vaccine companies are coming after their kids, and they are being told that to take the booster shots. The lies CDC, NIH, NIAIH, WHO, etc., all promoted all prompted keeping all promoted keeping change change all promoted and keep changing it's typo those narratives are changing monthly and the sleeping sheep are being beginning to see the lies are more and more slowly evolving before them you don't see the data but the rage is growing true many vax people are growing angry and concerned that they are part of, a, of an agenda and they are beginning to slowly seek outside information from the mainstream media. CNN, Newsweek, etc., MSN has the lowest ratings of the 21st century. I know many patriots and anons are losing hope and waiting and waiting and waiting and want proof something is happening. I could tell you hundreds of thousands into the millions of lawyers, doctors, nurses, white hats, high-ranking officials, military personnel, truth seekers, podcasters, oh, like us, leakers, all are all doing their part of exposing truth of the scandemic. But to most people, they just want to see results instantly, confirmation. The sad truth is, I have warned long ago, game theory, Nash equilibrium, near-death civilization event must take place. This part of the war chess move is essential, and many will suffer pain. This event will be extremely painful to witness and feel like all hope is lost. But in the last final moments, things will change as planned. I think it's a good perspective, and though it's got a lot of Q stuff in it, the plan and things like that, there's a couple of things that I think are pretty clear. One is that a lot of people that are out here right now in this state do not have that tight and intimate relationship with Christ. And the world is changing. It's interesting how these conversations now, we don't really ask if the world's changing, but we just accept that it's changed forever, which is what has to happen. We've been given an enormous gift, which is to see the depth of evil and depravity in our world. And that evil and depravity is deep. Every time we turn around, we bump into it again. Whether it was the groomers in our education system that surfaced. And notice how everything is like per boiling up to the top. We're, we're filtering up to the top. We're seeing everything come to the surface and see it clearly for what it is. And so again, it's up to us to make these decisions of how we want to be and what type of life we want to live. We're finding the true nature of people. I was down today getting apart from my Jeep. And the guy that I talked to on the phone was new. And he had told me the part was in. When I got there, of course, we find out that the part wasn't in. They were able to do something and get it right for me. That was cool. But in the process of the, of the conversation of the guy that I spoke to that was a senior person at the part store, we just had this general discussion about just the apathy of people. And I had the same discussion last week with my physical therapist. 
apathy. There's an unbelievable level of apathy of people. And that was by design. That's really the seizing trap of Lucifer. It's a trap to grab hold of people and to wear them down and to make them feel that the world is over, that there is no hope. And these are very heavy thoughts in people's head. And so they start to, when you get like that, people fall into a trap of wanting to live carpe diem, if you know what that is. That is to live for the moment, to live for the day. And so it becomes a reckless life. It becomes a selfish life. And we're seeing a great deal of that right now. We're equally seeing an enormous rise of faith. So I don't want to say like it's one way or the other. But again, this is this bifurcation of our world. It's a separation of, the, of those that are seeking greater purpose in life through all of this and then those that have lost their way. And the only thing they have to offer, the only thing that they have to see is Lucifer's world. I'm going to play a short piece here. I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's three minutes, 45 seconds. I don't want to play the whole thing. But I want you to hear this little ditty, this little song, and then we're going to talk about it. And just let me play it for a little bit here. Cast me out, drug me through hell. Devil's ashes live under my nails. Where's the heart? Belief in humanity. Ask for a drink. Strangers look down on me. That song is an amazing sales pitch by Lucifer. And if you listen to it as I have and have gone through the words, it's pretty impressive of how this ties right into people's current state of mind. The pitch is that we are left behind and that the saving one will be Lucifer's fallen angel to step in and to not leave a man behind. You're going to see a lot of this sort of pitch coming up because this is how the dark side works. It's part of their spell and magic. And it is because without having a leader, without having a, a world that they can hang on to with all the promises that were made for them, and all of the various free things that were promised them. People are wandering. They're looking at gas now rising up to $10 a gallon. They're looking at food becoming unaffordable. They don't want to work, but they're looking. They've been waiting for Nisera, Gisera, or they've been waiting for a UBI. Same thing. All of these people clinging on to like, when are you, when are you finally going to give me something so I can be free? And there's no vested interest in it. They simply want for themselves. And so it's the easiest time to sweep in and grab people and make the harvest. And I see this accelerating at a high level. Unfortunately, this, this doesn't have a political division. It's not like you can press over and go, oh, it's the vaxxed or it's the liberals. This spans everybody. And it spans all different creeds of people because there's so many pieces in that promise of not leaving a man behind and that you are the left behinds. 
that sales pitch is felt by so many, especially those that have been clinging on to this promise of Nisera Jacera. I've seen it even on, it's nuts how many people are like, can't believe it, where all the money's going to come, it's all going to be free. Nothing in life is free. And the idea that even if we just take that idea that our when we do our repentance and accept Christ in our life, that's that permeates again. People think that like, okay, it's said and done, I'm good. It's only the beginning. We're into one of the most difficult phases I think that any of us have ever imagined being walking in. Because there's literally, and I think it's by God's hand, there is nothing out here that you can be assured that's truth other than leaning into him or leaning into the promises of the fallen angel dark or dark Lord Lucifer. Those are the only words that you're hearing consistently. If you're going one direction, then part of those truths that you're now accepting are things like men can have babies. That aborting a child is part of your human right. That you need to have health care as your human right, which means you're tied to the Luciferian medical system that will override God's perfect immune system. You need to have an ability to have money to spend, which will be provided by the Babylonian state. And you need to be able to have what you want, even if it means going in debt. But the cost is not a cost. It's a a good thing, in fact. You can have as much as you want as long as you follow certain rules. And those rules are going to dictate things about what you can say, where you can go, how you can behave, when you get your injections, if you get them on time or not. Those rules will dictate things like how quiet you are after a certain hour at night, what time you get up in the morning, where you decide to shop, what you say online, how you drive, how fast you drive. All of these things are part of the system of control which frankly goes right back to the book of Enoch and the dispute between the fallout, the fallout between God and, and Lucifer. And this is the fight at this core. This period that we're heading into is going to require that everybody keeps true and committed in that walk to Father and in the discipleship And that true walk that gives us discernment. Because there's going to be so many things in the way. And there's so much stuff flying right now. You know, I've, I've read tonight, there's a, an article up tonight on about the coming Chinese invasion. And how this whole thing about shutting down Shanghai was a scam. That they were going to be loading in ships. And they've been loading up military supplies to do a D-Day style invasion of the United States. Maybe. Maybe that's what our destiny is. Maybe our destiny is a Project Blue Beam with aircraft flying over, hidden in spaceships, and humanity gives up. The Americans give up because they see these massive spaceships and because so many people are looking forward to the Galactic Federation and this ridiculous crap that they're going to simply bow down and say, oh, the aliens are here and we need to not fight them and we need to get along. I don't, my, my point of this is you can't rule out anything at this point because we're living in a world of complete chaos and deception and everything has been literally turned on its head. And if you think about it, it's pretty amazing. Again, what is... What is it that brought the groomers out in force? I, that's an amazing thing to me. And they've been sitting and lurking in classrooms without parents even knowing. And then all of a sudden, somebody triggered Disney. And then all these groomers start jumping out of the, on social media talking about how they're going to screw up their kids and what they're doing to groom kids. It's pretty amazing. Part of that is their 
their ability to be easily triggered, and that was the the policy in Florida that triggered them. But more importantly is just how each step that we go through more and more is revealed. But we have to go through this barrage every single time. And as we go through the barrage, we either grow or we fail. And it's really not any more difficult than that. I think at the point when, as we're walking right now, if we understand and accept that this barrage that's coming at us is only going to intensify, then we're prepared more and more for that sort of baptismal, literally by fire, the refining through fire. And we have to be, if we're really going to live into that role of remnant and and that special place to walk with God. I found, you know, a lot of heavy thoughts this last week because there's a lot of things going on. And I'm seeing a world that is, as I've made an effort to dig into the youth more this week and into other strata of information spaces, I can say that the world is probably more bankrupt morally than I had realized. And that's not being naive. It's just that I would have thought by this point in time, as I went into some other places that I don't normally seek out in the information space or in encounters that I don't normally seek out, I would have thought that the awakening would have penetrated down deeper, that we would have seen it like when you water your garden. I would have expected it to, to soak into the deeper part of the soil. But that analogy is something I've come back to because what I've realized is that we've been doing a, a light watering. And I don't know how much you know about watering in your garden. I would, I would hope a lot. But you know very well, if you have, that if you just do a quick light watering every day, the plants will get some water, but it's not going to soak down deep into the roots. And on, a, on some sort of scheduled basis, you have to do a deep watering. You've got to get the water down deep into your beds so that the plants have that energy. And what we're seeing here is that we have been working hard. I think a lot of us, and overall, we've been working on our communities and our tribes, which is good. But just like I shared earlier this week that was sent to me with these statistics on the youth councils and the 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 biblical worldview, what we've really realized is that deep within the space of our faith, it's not being taught in the places, even in the places we would have thought it would have been taught, which is the churches we would have been preferenced to. Only 17% or so of the youth pastors have a biblical worldview. And only 30 Three, roughly 35% of the pastors at the pulpit have a biblical, biblical worldview. We're not soaking deep into the soil and we're not able to get the message down deep. So there's a lot of people out here that are just still wandering and being influenced by these sort of Luciferian sales pitches like I just, I just played. And what I think is important to reflect on is that when we talk about things like being influenced by like a holographic alien invasion, and I know some people probably shake their head and go, no, that really can't happen. Well, actually, it really can happen because it was demonstrated this last year in China and in other places. They have been demonstrating this technology in the Superdomes over and over of how well developed this holographic technology is and this and they're demonstrating it. One, I'm looking at it right now. They're literally having whales and dolphins as if they're in the ocean fly above everybody's heads in full three dimension and color and depth. So it isn't like they can't do this technology. It's extremely refined. And the problem is that there's two groups of people that I would anticipate that will fall for it almost immediately. One are going to be the revelationists who are always who are looking for the coming of Christ and they're going to see this as a sign and they are going to end up just literally giving in and they'll do it instinctively because they're waiting for this rather than discerning they're waiting for this to happen 
I personally think that Elon Musk's Skynet is part of making this thing happen on a global level, to be honest with you. The other group that's going to fall for this are going to be the, the people that are seeking the alien encounters and are following this belief that we can have a greater world if we, kind of this new age garbage, if we just all come together and we listen to our visitors from outer space, they can guide us. And yet we've been warned over and over, through whether it's science fiction or whether we, we go scriptural, we're warned a time and again not to fall to the, to the false prophets and the idolatries. Sadly, I, I expect to see a major, if something and events like this start to happen, I do expect to see major schisms within the Christian community, worse than we've already seen. Because it's going to be those saying, look, 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 and, I, and I'm going to prove it with this statement. And I've told you this story before, but it's really important to appreciate this. The technology to project a voice in a subcranial level, meaning be into your head, and to do it with a microwave-type transmission was developed in the Cold War, and in particular in during the Star Wars program under Reagan. So when we entered into Iraq 1, the challenge that was faced is that the Red Guard, Saddam's troops, where had built strongly fortified positions along the whole front in which we wanted to penetrate into Iraq. And they were very loyal troops. And so they did these drills for months, of which ended up being trench warfare of how to bre- breach the lines and then open it up so they could run the tank columns up there. And every single scenario that they did ended up in casualties of at least 70% of the soldiers that were fighting with a 30% leftover of us, meaning we won, but we won with 30% remaining, which makes your, just to give you accurate, perception on that if you fall below certain percentages your unit becomes operationally ineffective it's basically deadlined 30 percent is in the category of getting your unit deadlined or operationally ineffective so they would win the trench war every time in these drills but they would end up being operationally ineffective so quietly a technology was moved in this technology and the voice of Allah was projected in the heads of the Red Guard. Now, they had been under a lot of duress during this time. They had come under a lot of long extended times away from family. Their supply lines were not the best. So an enduring time living in tanks and living out of trenches wears people down. So they were vulnerable. And the technology worked brilliantly because once they heard the voice, which was basically telling them, go home. If you remember, if you were around then, which was the early 90s, there were mass columns of people that just started leaving the trenches. That's why. They gave up. They walked away. When we talk about faith... And we really talk about the strength in faith. It also means the ability to endure those sort of onslaughts of attack. And that has literally been given to us as a warning in Ephesians. The real question is, are we and do we have the capacity to endure the way that we think we can. When we go through Ephesians 6.10, I want to read this. And I was intending to kind of go through the whole book of Ephesians tonight, but I kind of started doing something else. But I think we'll go through it over the weekend. But Ephesians is this passage, which is so overread, but I really want you to think about it in terms of this information war and the onslaught of information influence in the terms of deception and massive psyop. So hear these words. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. We are dealing right now with all of this, this being thrown at us. And in my terms right now, what we have been getting here is a good basic training. That God's given us a really good basic training over the last three or four years. But when we get into the thick of this, and it's growing day by day, the one thing you can be assured of is these people who currently have power that are being exposed will never stop lying until they're gone. To the last breath, they will lie. To the last breath, they will manipulate. To the last breath, they will deceive. So as the truths are percolating up, and there were some big ones today, and not big for, if you've been following this since the beginning, not big, but for those that have been in the darkness, they were big truths. The revelation that Hillary Clinton approved the Russiagate PSYOP against President Trump. That's a big red pill for a lot of people who are unaware. The revelations this week of Twitter that Elon Musk brought forward the idea that Twitter is like 80% bots. If you were awake and paying attention, you already knew those things. But when we get into this next phase, these people are going to throw everything at the fire. They've been setting up their ne- the couple next big ones, and they're going to throw them all at once. They're getting ready for a new pandemic. They're trying to take away sovereignty so that there can be control over multiple countries at once. They're going to try to use what forces they have to threaten people and intimidate them to take the injection. They're going to try to hyper-accelerate the approval of these injections, and they're going to go after the kids. They've already exposed how much they are willing to do it, and they're going to do it a lot more. They're talking about UFOs in the middle of a crazy week of other things going on, like abortion discussions and Roe versus Wade, and UFOs come out. And people casually say, well, that's just a distraction. It's not just a distraction. All these things are setups for their next play. And that literally gets into Ephesians 12. 612. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood. This is not a fight you can win with bullets. Defending your home is one thing, but this is a fight that's being waged on your mind, your spirit, and your soul. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so then it goes on. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. When you start right there and you consider yourself going into combat, there's a few things that you are always going to do. You have a basic kit that you're going to put on. And if you haven't done that, and many haven't, you need to go through the process so that you can grasp how important this is, this process of the armor of God. You're putting on your equivalent of your body armor, of your, of your rack, of your gear, of your equipment, whether it's your quick release pack and your, all of your kit with your ammo and your grenades, your knife, you're going to have an equipment belt. You're probably going to have your pistol. You're going to have your, your weapon, your rifle, whatever that is. You'll have a helmet on. You're going to have a set of glasses on, likely, which will be ballistic glasses to protect your eyes in case something happens. You're probably going to be wearing gloves. Definitely have your boots. You're going to have your uniform on that's going to be designed for this sort of fight. These are all things that you do without even thinking about, and you get used to doing it to where it's second nature. And here's the other thing is once the fight starts, 
you don't just keep the same setup because you're going to learn as this fight goes that you're going to have to reposition things. You're not getting rid of things, but you're going to reprioritize things. So as we go through the armor of God, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. These are the fundamental things right there. Some days you're going to need the helmet of salvation and you're going to need the sword of the Spirit more than anything else. Other days it's going to be the preparation of the gospel with it with shotting your feet. Other days it's going to be the breastplate of righteousness or girding your loins with truth. But every day all of that equipment is there. And as you get into that ritual of putting on that kit like you do in an actual combat zone, it becomes second nature to you. And as it becomes second nature, you're able to maneuver more freely. You're able to know what it will do and what it won't do. That allows you to position yourself appropriately. You're going to get used to the weight. And if you aren't, you're going to work out harder so you can carry its weight more easily. You're going to get its fit just right so that when you... When it's on, you know that it's on. You're going to get so attuned to it that if something slips, like we'll just say, for example, like your helmet slips out of place or your knife isn't quite where it needs to be, you feel it instantly. You can feel it through the entire system of your body, and you're going to want to secure it and adjust it so it's always there. That sort of intensity and process is what it's going to require as we go forward in this barrage of, of information warfare. These aren't just casual words, and I don't think they've ever been intended to be casual words, nor metaphor, because it says right at the beginning that we're dealing with principalities beyond our, our reach. And that's, as I've said many times, it's profound when I read this because it's almost like Paul knew of the PSYOP war, at least was experiencing something like it, or had God was guiding him to what was to come. This psi war is crazy, and it will wear you down if you aren't careful. It will lay heavy on you, and it will create a weakness to where you are going to seek to have closure and endings before God is ready. And there's your trap. And that goes back to that piece I played a bit ago, which is Lucifer's offer, his sales pitch. He's there to take care of the left behinds. God didn't leave anybody behind. But that's not what they want. They want to wear people down to such a degree that they believe that they're going to be left behinds and that they are left behinds. And that pitch is, quite frankly, and I shall leave no man behind, as if God did. God didn't leave anybody behind. But Lucifer's voice is going to be hard. It's going to come in hard. It's going to press hard. God's voice is, to me, it's a very solid rock. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be yelling at you all the time. You just know where he's at. And that beautiful walk with Christ is not like we need to be every single day having Christ grab us and go, okay, you're okay, and holding your hand because we know that connection. We're part of the body. And in walking with that, it's a firmness. It's, it's part of being in the, in the body of Christ to have the confidence to know that it's there. And yes, the conversations are real. The conversations should be dynamic. But even when there's seeming silence, there's whole mountains that are literally being moved with wisdom and information if we will simply sit and listen. These are the powerful things that we're experiencing right now. But if we're going to cling on to having to have every little bit of information and we're always going to be listening intensely to the loud voices and seeking the gloriful explosions of what a wind, we think a wind looks like and the columns of tanks smashing through the walls and the artillery bombarding the enemy, 
and the gunfire opening up with explosive barrages and intersecting fields of fire. We're seeking the drama of war, and we're not seeking the victory. To me, the victory is always bittersweet. There is a quiet solemnness in victory. Because to get to victory, there has to be suffering and pain. At some point, there's going to be a reality you have to face that to get to victory, you're going to have to push yourself harder and farther than you ever thought possible. You're going to have to climb a steeper mountain than you thought you could do. You might have to lose some people along the way. You might even get injured yourself a little bit. Hopefully not a lot. You're also going to lose a little bit of yourself in that fight. It's going to change you. And you won't be what you were when you went in. No matter how you came in, no matter what, how much you're training, no matter how quick you are, no matter how arrogant you are, when you leave the battle, you will be transformed. It's not a question of if, it's a guarantee. It's one of the things I say many times is that it's pretty easy to spot those that have never been in combat because they talk a big game. And whether they realize it or not, people don't understand how much they give away in their lack of knowledge of what war really is. We're in an intense fight right now. And it's a fight that I'm blessed by the path that God's put me on to have a lot of firsthand experience in because this is psy war. And this is information war. And these two go hand in hand. And they're devastating if you're not prepared. But the one and the greatest defense of all of this is the relationship we have with God and that solidness that we have through Christ. Guns aren't going to fix this. This is going to be something greater because this is not a war that you can put your finger on the enemy. The enemy is coming through in words and images and even actions. It's coming through in forms of fear and anxiety and threat. So what is it that you're shooting at then? And I'm in no way telling you not to enjoy your guns because that's our right and please enjoy them because I enjoy mine. In the true sense of this fight, the greatest victory comes from our ability to withstand an invisible enemy that is as real as any enemy you will ever confront. This enemy doesn't need to be standing in front of you, towering above you like Goliath. This enemy just needs to put one little seed of doubt that in your head will agitate like you get a burr in your shoe and it will agitate in your thoughts constantly and it will leave you with doubts or hesitations. And in that critical moment when you may need to reach and call for Christ and the sword of the spirit, you may hesitate and get waylaid. The discipline of the soldier of this day has to be a daily routine, a a lifestyle, not even a routine of day. It's a lifestyle of prayer and focus and armor of God. This is how we stay clear in this fight from the enemy's flechettes and arrows. I guess the term would be flaming arrows because they are. And they're real. And this is the challenge I see us heading into. And I would say that there will be many that will not be able to get through. I'm not saying we leave them behind either. But they're going to require that all that we have to help them get back on their feet and be operational again. There's a lot of people out here that will speak about Christ or speak about God but they're not going to have that true and deep intimate relationship with either. And when they get hit, 
they're going to collapse because it's going to become about them, about their ego, about whatever. And the ones that don't have any relationship, sometimes they're easier to deal with because once they get blasted out of the water and they're literally on their knees, it's then that they realize that they need something. They need that armor and they're very willing to receive. Our ranks are filled with all kinds. And God knows that. But he's put a real opportunity, a gift for so many out here to listen to him and be prepared for this fight and above all, trust in him. And when they unleash whatever they're going to unleash, and it will be good, I'm sure. <laughs> if they can shut the world down with a pandemic and a scamdemic, I, and they're aware now that most people are going to resist that, then they're not going to go down the same vector. They're going to adapt, and they're going to use something new. And in the process, we're going to see more people that are sold out. We're going to see more people that are have left our side, people that we might think very highly of. We're going to be revealed to be part of them all along. Be prepared for that. But as long as we're not clinging on to these idols, and as long as we're not clinging on to this idolatry, and as long as we're not clinging on to this sort of selfish me perspective that somehow we can get through this without God. We're going to do okay. Or we're going to do more than okay. We're going to seize the high ground. We're going to dominate. And we're going to overcome. And in the end, we're going to throat stomp the enemy. Viciously. Because that's how it has to end. This isn't about a love and hugs ending. This is about us holding our ground. And whatever way you want to see throat stomping, in the end, that's what it's going to have to be. Because this enemy doesn't seek to do anything less than destroy you and I completely and even better to enslave us and torture us for their own pleasure. That enemy and us cannot coexist. They must be destroyed. And destroying can be destroying through love. But what they are has to be dismantled, shredded, and they have to be left to realize that the only way forward is either they walk into the pits of hell with their, with their master or they join the walk with Christ and leave all that they were behind through the process of repentance. But there's no middle ground here. There's no compromise. And that's the key piece. You will not compromise with this enemy. And if you allow yourself even for a second to think that a compromise may lead the day, the enemy will be three steps ahead of you and have you in a leash dragging them behind, dragging you behind them. This is a ruthless fight. Don't ever forget it. And it's going to be the greatest victory the world has ever seen. Because God's righteous children are rising with a fire in our belly that will not stop until he is back on the throne. Let's pray. Father, come to you tonight. Thank you for all that you've given and the insight you've provided. This is a time, Father, that you, we realize just how much you have given to us. Eyes to see. The whole illusion of this world is being shredded before us. And we're truly able to see the wickedness of this enemy in its full regalia. We're seeing where they have hidden more and more each day. We're seeing what their plans have been more and more each day. And we're even seeing how they're protecting their covens and their slaves to prevent more people from awakening and accepting you. So, Father, as we sit here tonight, as we have prayed throughout today in each of our gatherings, we pray for that blessing of encounter. We pray for that blessing of being able to shatter the defenses, to break the spells. 
We pray for the awakening of the hearts of those that walk in darkness or even those that walk in the shadow and the twilight. We pray that as we break those that we can be that light, that powerful light of Christ that can shine through us, that they can see that beacon and be drawn to it like a lamp on a hill. And in so doing, dismantle the enemy's forces from within. As the ranks flee and the defenses fall and the enemy is left with empty promises and empty words. Guide us, Father, in this fight. This is a real fight. This is for the dominion over evil. And we will succeed. For you have given us that authority and it's authority that we now proclaim. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, patriots, a lot ahead. I've said this before, and I don't say it lightly. Make sure that in all your preps that you have Bibles. One of the greatest weapons of war. Make sure you have them. And and by the way, I'm I said to you, I'm still looking for what I like. I've looked at a lot. What I like is a good type of Bible for bulk purchase, and I haven't found one that I'm satisfied with yet. I keep looking. I'll find one. And as soon as I do, I'll make sure everybody knows. But get Bibles on hand. Have them. Each one of us will need them. Not just for ourselves, obviously. Hopefully you on the top of your prep better be your Bible. I carry two in my Jeep, I carry one in my bag, and I've got three by my desk. (laughs) I'm ready. Bring it, baby. I'll slay the evil without any problem. But when you have, when you have the uh, Bibles in bulk, you're able to, and it doesn't have to be hundreds, um, you know, you can have 10 20 of them, but keep them for your neighbors. Keep them for those you encounter, because I do think this is going to be a critical tool going forward and a critical part of our preps that we seldom talk about. And yet I think it's instrumental. God's army's rising and we're right on the front of it. And it's going to be a glorious, glorious victory. And to do that victory, we're going to have to hold strong. So armor up, patriots. The battle has begun. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. But keep those prayers focused right now. Whether you need clarity or whether we need others to have clarity, however that works, we need a lot of prayers for each other and a lot of prayers for this nation. God's listening. And in the end, God's, God will win. But we're in this place, in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. Walk fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow evening for Fishers of Men. Remember on Sunday, we're doing a special bended knee at 111 in honor of Biden's treason. I say that tongue-in-cheek, as they try to sell our country down the toilet with the who. We're going to wait some spiritual warfare. So tomorrow evening, Fishers, at 9 p.m. Pacific, Sunday, bended knee at 111, 1 p.m. normal time, prayer at 111, and again, Fishers that night. So thank you, patriots. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to the level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now
Thank、you. 